got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here and welcome back to Coffee and Crypto. This is your week daily show where we come at you live 10 a.m. Eastern every single day and we bring you the latest Bitcoin technical on-chain and fundamental analysis of cryptocurrency markets so that you can be kept up to date of where we have been, where we are and where we are going in the wonderful world of crypto. Today we're going to be talking about a tweet from famed on-chain and fundamental analyst Will Clemente over on Twitter who is a friend of the show. He tweeted out a chart that shows 80% of global adoption, global population using Bitcoin within 23 years in 2045, 90% using Bitcoin by 2060. Can Bitcoin follow through on that parabolic S curve of adoption? Has Bitcoin well and truly only just begun? Are we actually going to see a five to $10 million Bitcoin, something that would invariably happen if we saw 7 billion people using Bitcoin? We're going to discuss all of that and more in today's video. We're also going to be talking about the technical analysis on Bitcoin. As you know, we're currently sitting at $39,000, very much in a hectic decision-prone point for Bitcoin to be able to continue to the upside here. It's going to need to really fight over the next couple of days. It is trying to push down below $37,000 right now, breaking recent levels of support, resetting new lower lows. We're going to be talking about where Bitcoin has been over the last couple of weeks and where Bitcoin may be going in this episode of Coffee and Crypto Live. So if you do enjoy today's show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. But let's go ahead and introduce our co-host. I am joined, as always, by T-Shroom. How are you doing, T-Shroom? I'm doing really, really well. And uh, I really like how that that phone notification went off. Right. I really like saying, how you light. recognized it, even though I pretended <laughs> like it didn't happen. And I'm down here trying to mute my phone <laughs> because we forgot to run through the SPRS before we started. <laughs> my bad. Yeah, but absolutely excited to cover uh, everything that's going on today. And uh, let's get into it. There we go. Let's get into it. We're also joined, as always, by Kelly coming in hot from New York. How are you doing, Kelly? I'm doing great, man. Uh, you know, the, the market's still just doing the same old thing. I'm just happy to be here. And thank you, everybody, uh, for tuning in with us, uh, especially those that are here every day. Uh, definitely, please hit that like button. Hit that subscribe if this is your first time here. we got a lot to cover today. And, uh, you know, we're coming up on the end of the month. So uh, we're starting to see some decent things sort of diverging in a bullish way. So let's uh, let's get into it. Good deal. Well, guys, we are also joined as always, as of late, because Smay is actually on the road back from NAB right now by Zach. How are you doing, Zach? Dude, I'm doing great. I uh, have my coffee this morning, Ethiopian Natural V60. All y'all coffee lovers, it's perfect. You used to be a barista, right? I did. I actually, uh, I have a coffee roasting certification. So I, I, I mix it up. My wife was I very impressed that we had a barista on staff. She's like, you have a barista on staff? I'm like, yeah, Zach, he's an editor, but he also is like insanely good at making coffee. I was mm. telling one of our uh, uh, Cuban family that's a friend of ours about you, and they're like, yeah, you want a Cuban coffee? I'm like, I've had a Cuban coffee before. I'm sorry, Zach, I think they got you beat, but they got like 60 years experience making Cubans, so I don't know what to say on that one. But you haven't made, me a, you haven't made any of us a cup of coffee in a while, have you? It's true. Uh, we do have a... Uh, espresso machine but we need to get that up and running we're gonna have to work on that i like espresso zach can make a good cup of coffee you drink espresso straight sometimes don't you You just do a shot of it uh, every now and then. i like uh, i like my pour overs mm. i like my pour overs better but. i'm not sure if you're a crazier man than me or a stronger man than me or both oh, for drinking love, espresso straight i love espresso no i love espresso too but i'm talking straight like yeah, yeah, straight espresso, okay, just, yeah, just a shot insane. of espresso. Okay, it's I great, love my coffee. In fact, I love my creamer with a little bit of coffee. That's how I take my coffee because, you know, I, I belong in a Starbucks. But that's beside the point. Today's show is brought to you by Market Cipher. You're going to see us using it quite a bit today in the technical analysis. So make sure you check out the link for that down below. And don't forget that today's show is also brought to you, and every show is brought to you by Club DeFi. It's currently in beta, and the Discord server is popping, guys. We got about uh, 60, 70 people in there right now. There's over 200 people that are currently in Club DeFi. Those are being all those uh, beta testers and then some CT2A alumni. The Discord server is doing really well. I was in there yesterday with Alchemist and Jeffrey. Got to video chat with them. Got to meet Alchemist for the first time face-to-face. -face. I'd met Jeffrey. We'd actually met him in chat, uh, in person before. But uh, got to meet some of the, got to meet uh, Alchemist and uh, some of his family. It was really cool. It was a great time. And I'm very much looking forward to the rest of you guys being able to get in Club DeFi so that we can have some fun over there in that Discord and take a look at all of the content. Guys, before 
full release. I believe there's going to be probably about 130 to 150 videos. Kelly, do you know what the number is going to be on that? Because we want to have the trading course and the on-chain course and maybe some other stuff out before launch. I know Zach would have a better answer to this. I know the TA course, which is a completely reproduction of CT2A and, and not only a reproduction, but there's a lot added. It's a lot tighter. There's a lot more information and that's over 70 video. I think it's 76 or 77. And then the trading course is over 40, it's 40 or 44 or something like that. Uh, and currently I'm on on chain, which will be, uh, that'll, you know, I'll be wrapping that up this week and next week. And that'll be another 20, 23 25 videos uh, and we, we have more videos you know more courses we're doing uh, throughout you know every every month through the rest of the year in addition to the you know we have the 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 office hours that we're doing throughout the week so we can meet with people that are part of club DeFi and answer questions and webinars there's, there's just so much that's going to be involved with this it's fantastic we are really looking forward to it. Guys, make sure to smash that like button and also get ready because today's show is going to be great. Anyone know if current CT2A members get access to Club DeFi? I never saw an email. Ricardo Vinegar said, yes, you do. Give us an email at supportacryptojeb.com and we should be able to help you out with that. But let's go ahead and jump on over to CoinMarketCap. Right now, Bitcoin is trading at $39,141, uh, up 6 0.2% over the last 90 days, down 8% over the last seven, down half a percent over the last 24 hours. Looking at the chart, excuse me, I'm sorry. Looking at the chart, we can see that Bitcoin right now is punching down into this zone of support that we had drawn a week and a half ago between $38,500 and $40,000. At the moment, Bitcoin is having a very difficult time maintaining that. And to be honest with you, I'm actually going to bring down this level a little bit lower, down from 38, uh, $38,700 down to $37,500. The reason I'm doing that is because that's going to push that zone of support a little bit deeper into the VPVR. As you can see, the, where we had the zone, uh, the level before at at $39,700, right here or 38.7 was the VPVR maximum for the last several years but I'm actually going to pull it down a little bit now because it looks like we're breaking down below the VPVR maximum and we're going to push uh, we're going to push this down to 37.5 which has to do with a lot of these lows back over here we're going to extend this a little bit and manipulate our support zone just a little bit right now Bitcoin is sitting in this zone is trying to hold it but the trouble is there just isn't that much interest from the retail guys we're seeing this show up in YouTube viewership for example you know we we've talked about this before YouTube viewership is actually a very strong metric to understand the retail interest in the space. YouTube viewership across the board on pretty much every single crypto channel, if you'd average it out, is down 60 or more percent for every single crypto YouTuber, this channel included. And that's not to say that any of the YouTubers are making less quality content. In fact, I think pretty much all of my colleagues here on YouTube are making superior content to what they were doing six months ago. But the fact is, there just aren't that many people consuming it because the price action is not as interesting. There's not as much hype. So when that happens, Bitcoin has a hard time keeping the rally going because right now, a lot of the price action is driven by the actual a lot of the price action is driven by the retail. So we're going to get to that a little bit more in a little bit, but let's throw it to Kelly real quick. I want to just uh, highlight exactly what you're saying. I'm uh, in this group that I chat with a bunch of other analysts and somebody shared this yesterday, uh, yesterday, the day before, and this highlights exactly what you're talking about. This is a graphic showing uh, the, the new, uh, new weekly YouTube subscribers on a number of different uh, uh, large uh, YouTube accounts. I mean, you see this massive influx uh, when we were at the first peak, another large influx when we had that second peak at 68 and look how far down this is now. I mean, you know, our channel, our channel alone has been hovering around, uh, was it, were we 225? We've been uh, between 200 and 225 for like six months now, whereas we went from 100 to 200 in probably three months, like <laughs> during the yeah. during the bull market. So it's a great gauge. Uh, wow, that's kind of a, a passive metric. gauge, but it, but it's a great gauge on uh, interest in the market. When the, when these numbers are down and people aren't as interested in getting the information about crypto and you know logging into these uh, different uh, analytical sites and news sites. Uh, it's a great gauge on the lack of retail interest in the market right now. Yeah, that's a wow. I had never seen that chart. That's really great. I'm going to want to look at that again. That is something that that's exactly what I'm talking about, guys. It is a powerful metric. I didn't know that that was actually graphed anywhere. I've been looking at it in kind of a in, in kind of a qualitative form for the last couple of years. But that's really interesting to actually see that quantitatively right there. That's very powerful because that's exactly what I'm talking about. The interest just isn't there right now. It's all dried up. And that's OK. I mean, that's just what it is. That means that we have more 
opportunity to buy the dips. That means that the YouTubers have more time to double down on their quality and make better content. That's what we're doing. We're launching Club DeFi. A lot of great things going on, but we just need to understand that it is going to take time for the market to get there. And that's a big part of the point of today's video. If you look at the title, we're talking about how 80% of Earth is going to more than likely adopt Bitcoin by 2045. At least Will Clemente says that on Twitter. I agree with him, but we've got to keep our perspective because it's very tempting when we're in this space, when the market is pulling back, when nobody is subscribing to the YouTube channel as a YouTuber. It could be encouraging. It could be tempting to get discouraged. Or as the investor, it could be tempting to get discouraged if the market's ever going to go up. It can be very tempting to make the wrong decision. But the good news is we have to complete and total freedom to not fall into those temptations so long as we maintain our long-term perspective and we remember why Bitcoin was created in the first place and why we are here in the first place, which is to take back financial sovereignty from the powers that be that don't care about us. That is why we are here. Taking a look at some of these uh, taking a look at some of these cryptos, you can see that Ethereum is down 1% today. Binance Coin actually rallying a little bit, sitting at $400. Solana down 2%, XRP down 2%, Luna sitting flat just, uh, just under 90 cardano sitting just over 80 guys these are some good deals a lot of these cryptocurrencies have not seen these kind of prices in months now luna doesn't count luna's had a crazy run over the last 90 days you can see it right here but most of these cryptocurrencies are sitting down here trading sideways or moving to the downside over the last 90 days take a look at this cardano down 20 percent in the last 90 days if you look at it um in the metric like that. And you can also look here at, uh, you know, year to date. Let's take a look at year to date. How far have some of these cryptocurrencies gone since the beginning of the year? If we look since the beginning of the year, Bitcoin is down 20%. Ethereum's down 24%. Binance Coin down 24%. Solana down 45%. That's crazy. Cardano down 40%. Avalanche down 40%. Dogecoin down 20 Dot down 41%. And we were already in a downturn for two months when the year started. There are such good deals going on right now. So why leave the space? when instead you could be loading up for the next time that we see a major run like this. With that said, let's go ahead and take a look back at Bitcoin. As I was saying, the number of YouTube subscribers is going down. That's showing a, th that the retail interest is drying up. But why does that matter? Because aren't the institutions coming into the space? Aren't the institutions walking into crypto and buying up billions and billions and billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin? Aren't the institutions coming in accumulating Bitcoin, and then they're going to put it straight into the, uh, their own pockets and hold on to it and take away uh, Bitcoin from the liquid supply and lock it up for the next 10, 15 years. Isn't that going to lower the supply? And then when the demand changes at all, Bitcoin's going to moonshot. Well, a little bit, but here's the tricky thing. And we've talked about this a couple times. George even mentioned it when he was on our channel, and he's absolutely right. Bitcoin is, is moved, the price is moved by trading on exchanges. So if the trade does not occur on exchange, then there's no transmission of that price data to the open market. Let me give you an example, T-Shirt. If I wanted to buy $50 worth of Bitcoin from you, then no one would know that I bought $50 worth of Bitcoin from you. Now, it would show up on the blockchain as a transaction, but the blockchain recording transactions is not how price data gets transmitted. Price data in markets gets transmitted when the entire world knows about that transaction and it actually has an impact on an order book somewhere. Prices only move when there is an open market where there is proper supply and demand in motion. If T. Shroom and I just buy and sell Bitcoin to each other, we actually are not impacting that supply and demand. However, if you trade on exchange, then you are because there's an order book. And when you buy, you're taking up the sell orders. And when you sell, you're taking up the buy order. So you're moving the market in a certain direction. So what's the point here? You only really move the market in a shorter term sense. Now, in the longer term sense, you do move the market by changing supply side. But typically, it's demand side on exchanges that moves the market, especially in Bitcoin with a fixed supply like 21 million. The only real way you move the price action of Bitcoin on the, uh, uh, the, the only real way you move the price action of Bitcoin is when you make a movement on the exchange. So here's why the retail drying up is important. The retail drying up means that they're not trading on exchanges. However, we're seeing a massive amount of institutions come into the space. What does that mean? Well, the institutions trade in a form called over-the-counter trading. And OTC, which is what it's called, over-the-counter trades, are very simply just exactly what I talked about with T-Shroom. Hey, I want to buy $50 worth of Bitcoin from you, except you have a Morgan Stanley Dean Witter come in and they say, we want to buy $15 million worth of Bitcoin. They're working on much larger uh, sums of money. They've added, you know, four, five, six, seven digits to that $50 transaction. 
But the principle is the same. It's an over-the-counter trade. It's not being reported to the exchange, which means it's not impacting the order books of the exchange because what, what happens when you trade on an order book is that if you buy or sell too much Bitcoin, you run up the order book. So you might buy Bitcoin at $40,000, and then you've everybody who was selling at $40,000 is already sold. So now you have to buy from people buying at $41,000 and $42,000 and $43,000 and $44,000. And sooner or later, you bought $50 million worth of Bitcoin, and you move the price $4,000 to the upside. On over-the-counter markets, you don't do that because there's no order book. So if there's no order book, there's no price transfer of information to the open market, which means the price doesn't change. Quite simply, if there's no order book, you're not moving the price of Bitcoin. So over-the-counter trades don't do that. Why is that important? Most of the volume right now is not retail volume. Most of the volume, and it's been trending this way for six months, most of the volume in Bitcoin is not retail volume. It's not you and me trading less than 100 Bitcoin. It's mostly institutions trading $50 million worth of Bitcoin back and forth, hodling. Now, what they might do is they might buy $50 million worth of Bitcoin, go on exchange, sell $5 million worth of it, drop the price $500, and then buy more so they can get a discount. That is called manipulation, and that does happen. But most of the price action is not being moved by the institutions. Now, here's the good thing. When these institutions do accumulate bit, well, this is kind of a good thing. When the institutions do accumulate Bitcoin, and they're holding on to it for the long run, as many of them are. Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy being a good example. They're taking money, uh, they're taking Bitcoin off of the market. They're putting it into that illiquid supply. Kelly's talked about quite a bit, and I'll ask you here in a second what that number is, how there's about 80% somewhere around that of the Bitcoin is sitting in long-term storage. Long-term storage being over, uh, long-term hodling being over 155 days where the coin hasn't moved. When they're taking those Bitcoin and taking them off exchanges, they are making it so that that cannot be touched and that lowers the supply of Bitcoin, the actual circulating supply of Bitcoin, the actual supply that can be traded because the other is sitting in long-term storage and isn't being traded. That lowers the supply of Bitcoin, allowing for the price to go up. So it is a good thing when the when people are accumulating Bitcoin and hodling it, and it means that we have a stronger foundation. It means that we're setting a higher floor. Before, Bitcoin's floor was you know three dollars to $4,000. Now it's thirty dollars to $40,000. That's because of the change in how many people are hodling Bitcoin, but it does mean that it's difficult to get the price moving moving because the retail is not in the space. So Kelly, when do you think we're going to see these parabolic movements come back? Do you think we have to see an influx of retail trading on the exchanges to see a parabolic movement? Or are we going to continue to see Bitcoin trade sideways because the retail is not here? Well, I think it's a, it's a okay. bit of a guessing game right now. And all we can do is look to the data. And so the data is suggesting that we're at as good of a buying position uh, opportunity as we've ever had in, in Bitcoin right now because of how much uh, the illiquid supply is something like 75 or 76 percent. Uh, you know, the the. The, all the on-chain metrics, and I share all these on my Twitter regularly, and uh, you know, uh, you you repost those on your Twitter as well. So you all, if you're not following us on Twitter, definitely follow because we try to share this stuff as much as possible. Reserve risk is very low. There's much less downside risk than there is upside. There's an asymmetry to uh, pr uh, gains versus losses, and where we're at right now. And I think everything is really unfortunately contingent right now on what's happening with the broader market, the traditional markets and the global equities, uh, interest rates, all these things, because Bitcoin hasn't yet fully switched over to being that 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 ultimate hedge against all these things as it's uh, you know meant to be and, and and hoped to be for a long time. But the one thing, you know, we'll get into this when we dive into the story after we do the TA in a little while. But one of the major, the biggest shifts I've seen and the most bullish shifts I've seen in the crypto market, especially Bitcoin, is in this last year, the amount of institutional money that's now involved, Fidelity now offering uh, Bitcoin as an option to invest in your uh, in your 401ks, you know, and I, I saw a metric the other day, Fidelity has over 23,000 different companies that use them to manage their uh, for 401k uh, portfolios uh, for, for their, you know, the, the 23,000 companies uh, employees. Uh, so the shift is starting to happen. The long-term, short-term holders are very quickly and more regularly becoming long-term holders. People are holding longer. So we're just waiting for that momentum to, to pick up the supply shock is already sort of underway because yeah. with the with the level of what's going on globally price should have fallen further and it hadn't it the way that it's being held at this level is very bullish so i think right now we're just we're we're playing the most bullish waiting game ever in terms of 
who's going to capitulate and then miss out on this upside? Who's going to be the long-term holders and benefit from it? So right now it's just a DCA game. Absolutely. And guys, I completely agree with what he just said. I want to throw it to T-Shroom real quick, but make sure you smash that like button if you haven't already. Let's see if we can get to 400 likes here in the next couple of minutes. Thank you so very much for tuning into today's show. T-Shroom, I have a question for you. We have seen a massive amount of people leave the cryptocurrency space. However, a lot of them have stayed. Many of them are in this chat right now. We have a very solid core community here at CryptoJab that we are very thankful for. And the same thing is true for the rest of the cryptocurrency space. There's a very strong core community that's going nowhere. If that weren't true, we wouldn't see the floor of Bitcoin going from three or four thousand to thirty or forty thousand dollars in the span of three years. Would you say that as the weak hands have been shaken off, we are left with a stronger core than we have ever had before, and that's going to make it easier for us to go to $100,000, $300,000 in the future because we have a much larger core following of Bitcoin, core investment following of Bitcoin than we've ever had before. Absolutely. And I, and I would say that that reality, that phenomenon is reflected in Bitcoin's price as you as Kelly made a great point. I hadn't even thought about it like that. You know, we, we really should have gone lower by now with how much uh, pessimism there is from from the Fed and from the market in general, you know, uh, but also from an educational standpoint, you know, the people that have stuck around well, you know, they've become ingrained, they've become entrenched in ultimately orange pilling folks as well as their own personal investments. And so when the next wave of craze around uh, crypto comes around, you know, there'll be a lot less, you know, moon boying. There'll be a lot less um, uneducated speak. There'll be a lot more people who have who have really taken the time to become more seasoned in crypto. And, you know, a lot of the folks that are in our chat right now are definitely ones that come to mind, you know, and and, and it's just a matter of, you know, the big the big media um, kind of kind of uh, ushering back in uh, crypto as a, as a main talking point that they cover. Um, but right now there's just, there's just so much else for them to discuss that, you know, it kind of takes seat. Although last night I was, lis- I listened to uh, BBC world service pretty religiously and uh, they covered the, the, um, the African nation that just adopted Bitcoin. And I, I uh, was like with the, I was cooking with my girlfriend and I said, hold on, I got to listen to this story. And um, it was interesting because it was the second cover. It was the second story on the BB World Service, BBC World Service, which I can only imagine is like one of the most listened to, uh, uh, you know, media pieces that, that goes out every day to the world. So um, it's just a it's just a matter of time. And, you know, folks have folks have gotten shaken out who were never really supposed to be traders in the first place um folks got shaken out that were scared you know and or were only in it for the money and you know now what remains are folks who are pretty steadfast you know they're hodlers through and through like myself and i think that we're setting a great foundation for a move upward and it's just a matter of time you know we got to get some more stars aligned and we got to get the fed um you know figured out that the the u.s government you know has got to be able to figure out how they can provide a sustainable uh monetary policy to move forward and that might take a long time but but in the meantime it might the the media cycle might come back and see bitcoin start to see bitcoin as the answer um it would take it would take a quite a bit of a downturn of a recession, perhaps. But we might be covering these G- GDP numbers. Uh, I put it yeah. in the doc. So um, you want to go ahead and jump into that really quick? Just well, kinda... let, let's first let's take a, one last look at the chart. I'd like Kelly to give us some insight on what Bitcoin's doing with market cipher, and then we can read some super chats. But the, but you were talking about the GDP metrics. I saw that the, the U.S. lost a little bit of growth on GDP. I, did I see that right? Yeah. So the the GDP numbers dropped this morning. Um, comes in at negative 1.4% GDP. This is the GDP. Uh, it was forecasted. United States. It was forecasted for 1.1% and previously was 6.9%. So I don't think, it, I, I mean, we were definitely expecting quite a bit of a drop from 6.9%, but nobody, I don't think anybody was expecting negative. That means that the entire eco- economic productivity of the United States contracted, which is just a little, it's a little uh, unsettling there. A little that, unsettling, you know, yeah. You know, that that kind of stirs up the, the term possible recession, you know, is going to be something you'll probably be seeing in the headlines. But the the silver lining is that it could actually prevent the Fed from hiking rates. If they see this, if the you know, if I'm Jerome Powell and I'm seeing, well, negative GDP, um, you know, I, I might be rethinking some of the 
the policy, the bond buying policies that that I've just come out and told Wall Street I'm going to start contracting, I might actually be thinking, actually, you know what, we're not going <laughs> to we're not going to go ahead and and hike up the rates. But, you know, that's my own personal speculation. What do you think, Jeb? Do you think that Jerome Powell's getting shocked by these GDP numbers? I don't think Jerome Powell's shocked by any of it. I think we've been in a recession for the last two years. And because you're printing the money so much, it's skewed all the metrics and it makes it look like we're fine when we're not. When you have the price of lumber going up 200 percent, when you have the price of steel doubling, when you have the price of vehicles with 100,000 more miles on them than they did three years ago being sold for more now than they were three years ago when they were brand new, there's a recession going on. There's There might not be a recession on Wall Street, but there's certainly a recession going on on Main Street. Just because the stock market looks like it's doing well does not mean that we're not in a recession. The reason that the stock market isn't doing what it did in 2008 is because in 2008, there was quantitative easing, which is the fancy politically correct term for inflating the crap out of the U.S. dollar, was not going on quite as bad as it is now. There's been a recession, guys. We're not, we, we've been in a recession since March of 2020. The, it's not that we're about to start a recession. It's that we were, we've been in a recession, except we've been kicking the can down the road. So, yeah, no, I, we're, we're definitely in a recession, in my opinion. The, the thing is, the, the tricky thing is the definition of the word recession. Are we b- based on definition in a recession? Maybe not, because a recession, if I remember correctly, the proper definition is it's either two or three quarters of negative GDP growth. But GDP is a skewed metric because it's based on a skewed currency. The heart of what a recession is has already been going on for two years, in my opinion. Two negative, two quarters of negative growth is what FPL want to be said. That's what I thought it was, but I haven't looked at that definition in a while. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure you're right on that. Yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to to really characterize it when you have massive inflation that's making the recession not obvious because the dollar value is going up, but but in reality. The, the cost of goods is going up along with it. So it would definitely have been in a recession that's just been masked by this, you know, uncontrolled uh, sort of inflation that we've been seeing. Exactly. And that's why everybody. <sighs> it's it's got to run in tandem with the unemployment rate, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And the unemployment rate is a little bit manipulated also. But we'll be spending all day on that conversation. We keep that up. Kelly, can you give us just a little quick two or three minute update on what's going on with the with Market Cypher over on Bitcoin? Then we're going to read some super chats and jump into our discussion about Will Clemente. Yeah, let's jump right in on into it. And right before I jump into Market Cypher, I do want to point out just on the traditional indicators here on the daily, we were seeing that the uh, the MACD is rolling over. Uh, and I think that what, what would this be? Basically, since April 4th, we've been a basically negative uh, MACD, you know, red MACD, and this is rolling over. Uh, so in a day or two, this could flip green. And I actually talk about this bottom indicator here, the stochastic momentum index. Uh, I, I talk about this quite a bit in the, uh, the trading course, uh, but that that's also showing that there's uh, some bullish pressure coming in uh, a little bit oversold in this region. But uh, when we're looking at uh, market cipher, one of the things that I noticed uh, immediately when looking at that is we can see here that uh, the price the price is following these levels very very well like you know we found support here we fell through this uh once we bounced off this golden support here we rejected back at this level came back you know down here now we're sort of dancing around this area but this massive uh this massive sort of downtrend right here in price is not echoed in the momentum. The momentum is pretty flat here. So there's a, a slight bit of, uh, of you know, bullish uh, divergence here on market side for when you're looking at the momentum. One of the things I do want to point out, though, also is that the money flow, uh, if we look here, the, I'll pull this up large, the money flow is, is kind of been going back and forth to, uh, to you know, uh, red to green, uh, money coming out to money coming in. And we're, we're right now we're actually rounding right here. Uh, we very well could get a bounce here and come back up. And the reason I say that is because not only is this rounding, but the RSIs are both turned back up. The VWAP is fairly sharply coming back towards the zero line. And we do have a green dot, and this is on the daily. Now, when we're coming down here to a, a bit smaller time frame, intraday, the four hour, uh, we have a much uh, sort of larger uh, divergence here uh, where in between these two levels, you, you see this uh, downtrend on the price action and the pretty steep increase here on the momentum. So there's a very, uh, very, very obvious sort of momentum, uh, bullish momentum divergence uh, on uh, market cipher uh, within this. And the last thing we can look at here is the DBSI and uh, and the uh, market cipher A. Uh, and so the DBSI is showing that we're getting a little bit of uh, 
under 10, I kind of, I kind of look at is somewhat neutral and different, but we are getting an eight on the bearish pressure pressing down, but we're finding support right here uh, on this uh, golden support. Uh, I, I, I think it's likely that we will flush through this uh, and may, whether we come down and touch this all the way, uh, it's kind of irrelevant, but I do think we're going to find some liquidity that's below this area before we roll back over and, and, and have upside. But we are seeing a little bit of, uh, you know, rolling over the momentum coming back down. It's about to get a red dot on the four hour VWAP's coming down and the RSIs are split one up, one down. So there's a bit of indifference in the market, uh, looking through all the different, uh, aspects of market cipher here. So uh, the daily is looking more bullish than the four hour. Uh, but that's, that, that's kind of as to be expected right now with the intraday trading with the markets just opening here in New York. And a lot of times when new markets open, whether it's London, New York, or the Asian markets, uh, the, the, the market tends to go the opposite direction. So because we were coming up, uh, into New York, now we're, now we're sort of finding that liquidity to the downside. So, uh, it, it's still, it's still a patient game right now. We need to, we need to find that momentum before we can start breaking things to the upside. Absolutely. Well, good deal. Thank you very much for that, Kelly. Let's go ahead and move on now into reading some of our uh, Super Chats, and then we're going to jump into a very interesting tweet from Will Clemente claiming 80% adoption of Bitcoin within the next 23 years. Let's do it. Kelly, that was an excellent, excellent interpretation of the market cipher there. I really enjoyed yes, that. It was. Diving into the Super Chats, we've got one here from Elliot Loch, $10. Prayers for Tim. If we break 37, 36K and go down the VPVR hill, the next LYL is about 27.5K. What do you need to to not break that LYL? And if we do break it, there is nothing stopping us going lower. I think you're saying level. <laughs> not to break that level. And if we do break, th- break it, there's nothing to stop us going lower. I would say there is something to stop us going lower. It's called half a trillion dollars of institutional money on the sidelines waiting to buy dips. So if we start getting down towards that $30,000 level again, then we're probably going to see a lot of institutions stepping in and buying those dips. The thing is, at this point, Bitcoin has really established a strong floor around $30,000. And I'm not talking about the same way Bitcoin had established a strong floor of $6,000 in 2018, as we talked about then. At that time, Bitcoin was setting lower highs and it was technically setting lower lows as well. Bitcoin was in a descending triangle pattern in 2018, but technically, you could have just as easily drawn this as a falling wedge, which meant that we were in a downtrend the entire time rather than this flat level of support. Bitcoin was not in a position back then that we are in now. At the moment, Bitcoin has several higher highs and higher lows, and it even sees an uptrend right here that has been testing in recent memory. So I'd be very surprised to see a $27,500 Bitcoin. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but I would definitely say it's improbable. $27,500 would be a further as we can see right here, a further 30% drop from where we are right now. You'd probably see Cardano go down to 50 or 60 cents. You know, you'd probably see uh, Ethereum go down to $2,000, Binance going down to 250, uh, Solana down to 60 bucks. You would have so many buying opportunities that a lot of institutions would step in and buy up the market. And a lot of them would buy up the market in a way that would in such a massive way that it probably would start to overcome that force that I talked about earlier about it being OTC and not transmitting the price action that well and start to impact that. And you'd probably also see a lot of people in the retail buying on exchanges. So the lower we go, the more buying pressure there's going to be. It is true that there's not a, ma- a massive zone of support here between 20 and 27. That is definitely a little void right there that could be dangerous. You could see Bitcoin try and push through that down into the high teens. But I really just do not not see how we're possibly going to have Bitcoin drop down to $20,000 or $27,000 without a massive amount of buying, considering how many people are now in the space and how many people really understand what Bitcoin is. I just don't think you're going to see it personally. But uh, T-Shirin, what do you think? Full screen? Yeah. First of all, I apologize. The LYL, I had never seen a level abbreviated like that. I like that. I like it. It's very, very cool. Level. Um, So, but I mean, ultimately, I agree with you, Jeb. I mean, uh, Kelly... Puts, puts kind of the low end of where we could go at 27,000. Um, so I think it's it's in the cards for Kelly. But, uh, you know, and, and I think that it is possible. I, I, but I do agree. I think people are way too eager to buy, would be way too eager to buy down at that level. And it, and it probably wouldn't get down that far. Or it would wick down, like, you know, within like an hour of trading and then 
come right back up and everybody would miss out on that opportunity because there's a bunch of bots waiting to buy, you know, that, so that's, yep. that's the way it goes. Uh, Mike Markle or Kelly, did you, did you want to say anything about that, about those levels? Yeah. I, I just wanted to say, uh, and I shared this the other day, but I'll share it again because I, I, I think it's quite valuable. This is, uh, the uh, trend fib bands and the fib bands are basically Fibonacci extensions or reductions, uh, multiples on the realized price. And we're, we're, we're holding right here at this level, which is basically the, the bull control band. Uh, it doesn't mean that if you fall below this, it means we're going to absolutely capitulate. Because if you see back here, for instance, in 20, the 2012 cycle, we did hold at that level. But then we came down and we touched right at the top, which is basically the bear. Uh, the bear. Once you go below that, it's basically bear control. Uh, sorry, this is right here. Uh, but this came down, touched and rebounded and then continued on to the, to the actual all-time high of this cycle. Uh, uh, back in 2012, but where we're at right now, we, you know, even going down as low as $31,000, anywhere above 31,200, 31, we're still not, uh, based on the, on this metric, we're still not in uh, bear control. Uh, and separate from that, you know, we have whales, you know, basically balances with over a thousand Bitcoin still going up, very bullish divergence with this sideways price action buying, 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 and buying uh, at these levels. So uh, I don't see us capitulating that much further. And the, the last thing I'll mention is Plan C. I don't have the chart up, but Plan C has a confluence floor model where he's looked at all the different floor models out there and basically created uh, an aggregate floor model. And, and that one right now is sitting at $28,000. So if we did go down that level, I wouldn't expect that we go um, I wouldn't expect that we'd have multiple daily closes below that level, especially being that, you know, our previous all time high was around, was around $20,000 and we've never had price come all the way back down and touch uh, at the level of our previous cycle all time high. So I think that I think the 28 to 31 would be the lowest. But if I had to bet on it and I had to, and I had to bet my money, which I'm doing every day with my trading, I think that we actually I think I'm not saying this is the channel's uh, disposition. I think we've actually already bottomed and we're just doing a lot of sideways shaking out before we we finally get this short-term holders exhausted before we continue up yeah no and i think you're absolutely right i think that's what we're gonna say. i i agree with that 28 to 31 being the absolute low i'm not necessarily inclined to say that it, it's gonna go that low either but i really don't think it would go lower than that so let's go ahead and read this next super chat and then get moving on here because we're a little bit behind you have that written down i believe it was I mike do. markle yep. wasn't it yep yep mike markle donated five dollars if you are in the club d5 beta make sure you come over to the discord working yep. together to become better and more knowledgeable investors. I can't echo that sentiment loudly or strongly enough. You got to get over there to the Discord. Absolutely. And uh, I changed my profile pic over there. So And actually here in about an hour, I am going to be in the Discord server talking to you guys. I was in there yesterday with Alchemist and with Jeffrey. So I'm going to be jumping in a call on the Discord probably in about an hour. I think I'm going to shoot today's afternoon video first and then I'll jump in there for a little bit and just talk to you guys. But uh, then we're going to go ahead and jump on in there and I'll spend a little bit of time with you guys. I'm probably going to try and do that every day um, and we're also going to be setting up different events maybe we'll set up some events where we get out the the entire team in a call and you guys can meet all of us and whatnot so that discord server is going to be really cool if you don't know how to get into the discord server but you are still in the uh the beta then make sure to go to your account page and then at the very bottom of your account page over on club d5 there is a connected discord server uh connector and it will sign you up really really easily it's like one click functionality i was very impressed with how easy it was a lot of times connecting an account to a discord server is kind of difficult it was ridiculously easy which is a really good thing for you guys got about 60 70 of our members over there in discord so that means some of you guys are in club DeFi, but you're not in the discord make sure you get in there there's a lot going on over there and you definitely don't want to miss it crypto set guy let's read this and then we're going to get moving on here he just donated thank you so much for that uh when will kelly play us a song on his guitar kelly i will say uh the next live stream that we have here on Coffee and Crypto that I'm on, that we get uh, over 1,500 likes, okay. I will play you a ditty. There we go. Okay. Good deal. Let me just answer Dylan real quick. Uh, Dylan Martinez said, I've still yet to get a proper link to the Discord. Like I said, go to your, uh, if you're in the beta, make sure to go to your account page. And then at the bottom of it, there will be a connector that says something to the effect of connect to Discord. And then that will give you a one-click functionality. It, you'll basically click it. It'll link to Discord where you sign into Discord, and then you will be in the Discord. It's very, very simple. So make sure you check that out. But if you're having any trouble with that, and since it's a beta, maybe we don't have it set up in a way that's very user-friendly. We, we obviously want to continue to improve. If you don't like the way that it's set up, or if it's hard to find, or if there's any feedback at all, make sure to 
shoot us an email, supportercryptojab.com, Dylan, and let us know, and then we will do our very best to work on that. And by the way, one more final thing on the Discord. There is a... Uh, support and suggestions functionality over here on the Discord. In fact, jump on my screen and I'll show it to you right now. Over here, there's a support and suggestions section right here, server suggestions and course feedback. This is a beta. Club DeFi is a beta, so make sure you come in here and tell us what you think. Hey, the video needs to be two minutes longer because you didn't explain that very well, or hey, the server needs to have this functionality so that I can check the price or whatever. You know, if you have any feedback, this is a beta, guys. We're trying to improve the functionality of the course and of the Discord, so make sure that you give us any feedback you have. Let's go to full screen now and let's discuss this tweet from none other than a friend of the channel, Will Clemente. Take a look at this. You can jump on my screen. Will Clemente said this, and in fact, we retweeted it. Uh, a little leak from the Bitcoin user adoption report our team is working on. We are so early. Sometimes it's easy to see short-term, sometimes it's easy to let short-term volatility distract you from the bigger picture. I retweeted this and said, Bitcoin is the most asymmetric investment opportunity available, regardless of price volatility when zoomed in. BTC is not even entered as parabolic growth uh, adoption slash growth yet you are still early now let's look at this graph blockware solutions says that current adoption of crypto is around i would say that's about three percent is what they're saying i would agree with that metric i would say real serious hardcore adoption of big i.e you have a multiple percent of your entire net worth in crypto you're using it regularly like on the weekly maybe your dollar cost average i'm talking to the people that are in this discord in this discord club DeFi, in the youtube channel here i'm talking to these kinds of people that is maybe one to two percent 3%, I think, is pushing it. The number of people in crypto is very, very small. There are some reports that come out and say, oh, it's 13%. And maybe 13% has bought Bitcoin on Cash App one time, and they have $5 of it sitting in an account on an app that they don't use anymore. But that is not adoption. We're talking about people actually using Bitcoin that actually, to some extent, understand what Bitcoin is. It's actually become a part of their life. We're looking at maybe 1% or 2%. Now, something very interesting happens on an S-curve of adoption, which is what we're looking at here from Will Clemente. Around the time you hit 5 to 10, in some cases about 13%, you hit something called an inflection point, and that's when things go parabolic. Will Clemente and his team are citing that we would probably see that inflection point happen somewhere between one, two, three, four ticks after 2022, which would be 2025 to 2026. We may see a parabolic inflection point, which would see mass adoption kick off, and we would start pushing towards 20% market dominance, which would be 10 times the number of people in crypto right now, like legitimately in crypto. That means that what we're looking at here Will Clemente is basically saying that we could see a market capitalization of over 10 times more than what we're seeing right now, maybe even 20 times more than what we're seeing right now within 10 years of now, which actually plays into the video we talked about yesterday where uh, where uh, Kathy Wood of ARK Invest said that she could see a $20 trillion Ethereum market capitalization within 10 years. And I said, you know what? That's a little bit more aggressive than some of my predictions, but it actually does make sense. What's the point here? You're so freaking early, it's not even funny. Kelly, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Why are we, as human beings, so inclined to look at what's going on in the last three months and forget about what's going on over the next 30 years? Man, that's the story of my life. It's something that Around I struggle with, you know, every moment. Even even being involved in crypto as long as I have, you know, I'll invest in into a, a new project and expect because I saw somebody else had gains and how much they had. You know, for instance, you're you're a great case in point here. You're a great example. You know, a lot of people watch this channel, me for years included, where you see somebody, uh, you might tune in for the first time or even for a couple of months, and uh, you see the level of success people have, and you think that you think that it's as easy as just starting and that starting is the hardest part because you have to change every sort of mental framework and you know the original blueprint you had to accept this this new path but we we expect it to all of a sudden have the same rewards and they don't re, you know a lot of people don't realize there it takes years of, of development and and uh you know integration both the, in terms of our psyche as well as practice so i think we have we have this propensity to to want things to be the best outcome as they can be from the the jump but you know, if, if, if I've learned anything in my life, there's nothing worth having that has great value unless you have to put work into it. And crypto is uh, the easiest work you can do. The only the only work you really have to do to, to make it is have the have the courage to buy 
and then have the quadruple courage to hold. Just hold. Just hold for five years and come back and tell me if you're underwater. If you're underwater, uh, I, I absolutely doubt it. I'll buy you. I'll buy you a shake and a, a shake and a burger. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll. It's just it's not possible uh, if you're buying. You know, Bitcoin, Ethereum. Uh, you know, other you know top top five sort of coins. Uh, buying and holding is is what it is. And you know, I think you know now with the ETF on the on the verge, uh, I think that'll be one of the things that really kicks off uh, that that true parabola uh, because it's going to give a lot more people easy access to it without having to act- actively participate in exchanges. And that's where we're going to see the mass adoption come into play is right there with things like Bitcoin ETFs. And when we start to see the market moving in that direction to the upside and we start to see a lot more retail interest in it, you're going to see those dominoes fall like never before. What we've seen before are dominoes falling and rally from $10,000 to $60,000, $65,000 very, very quickly. But that is going to pale in comparison to what we see next when we see massive runs up to $100 or $200,000. I'm sorry. T-Shirm, what are your thoughts on that? And do you have anything to support that? I know we have a tweet from uh, Timmer Fidelity that we might want to look at. You can pull that You can pull that tweet up. I, I actually, up. I wanted to reference the, um, uh, so I wanted to reference something completely different. So you can come into my screen, Zach. This is the report from January 25th from ARK Investments. Um, and we talked about this in a previous video, but this is essentially what would need to happen in the institutional world globally in order for Bitcoin to get to 1 million by 2030. And it could happen sooner than that. But this is that you, so remittances uh, would need to be uh, 50% of global remittances at uh, 1.5 velocity. That gets it a little technical, but 50% of remittances are just when people are sending money from a country into another country. Uh, and that is a very big market. That's a, a $0.3 trillion market uh, cap. And, and um, you know, it would need 50% of that. And then on down the line, I'm not going to read all these. You can see them. But, you know, uh, nation state treasuries would only need to convert 1% of their total reserves to Bitcoin. Holy crap. Uh, institutional investment would only need to go to is that two point? Yeah, two point five of institutional asset. So it's not like the world has to convert a hundred percent to Bitcoin, you know, in order for us to hit a million. It, these most of these numbers are, yeah, all these numbers are below fifty percent. All these percentages. It's again, it's not like the like Bank of America has to switch over a hundred percent, and the United States uh, Federal Reserve has to, or the you know our Treasury has to convert a hundred percent to Bitcoin. You know, these numbers, especially for something like the U.S. Treasury, could be in the probably the single digits um which which what's the summary of this it, it's it's optimistic because it, it does not going to take that much all it needs is just for folks to get in the positions of power that understand bitcoin's uh implications understand its security features understand its energy efficiency understand um how it can, can create the best stable store of value and uh, exchange so you know that that's really what, what came to my mind when i was seeing will clemente's tweet but that's you had another tweet to kind of buttress this argument as well. There, yeah, well, Jeremy. there is. And there's one I want to talk about. But let me ask you this. Do, but even before we get there, you know, what nation state treasure, treasury, as our confessed report on page 55 of their January report came out, said 1% of total nation state treasury would add $3.8 trillion in market capitalization to Bitcoin, which would be $181,000 of Bitcoin in its own right. Do you think one of the big things that we should be on the lookout for is when nation states start adopting Bitcoin into their treasury? That hasn't happened in a major way, to my knowledge, has it? Either one of you guys know that? Oh, absolutely. I, I think the nation states starting to adopt in their treasury. I think that actually I was just listening to a podcast about this. Um, it, the big nation states are actually being careful. Uh, there's there's kind of like a Mexican standoff right now because uh, world powers are realizing that Bitcoin can actually be a like war three, essentially, instead of, uh, you know, we had ground wars and then we had nuclear wars or we had nuclear threat of wars. And now we have cyber wars. Bitcoin is kind of the cacophony of that. And it it gets kind of technical. And I don't honestly, I don't fully understand it. But um, but yeah, absolutely. Kelly, what, what, what were you thinking? I, I mean, I agree. I, th- I think, uh, you know, there's places like Brazil and Argentina, you know, Buenos Aires just passed a bill to where they're going to be accepting taxes in uh, in Bitcoin and crypto. Uh, and I think, I th- honestly, I think the smartest move for any nation to make, uh, regardless of whether or not they make it legal tender, would be just to, you know, not even, they don't even need to necessarily aggressively move into Bitcoin and crypto. They can just allow, uh, you know, uh, 
integrative sort of policies like accepting taxes in, in crypto. That would that would I mean, I don't know what the number is on the amount of taxes, for instance, the U.S. collects every year. But if even half that amount was collected in uh, Bitcoin or a third of that, that would that would immediately add a massive stock of uh, crypto to to the treasuries. But about four yeah, trillion I mean, dollars I, that's collected annually in federal taxes. How, well, how much? It's four or five four trillion dollars and they still run a deficit, but that they collect trillions of dollars in taxes every single year. But then the flip side of that is, especially in, uh, you know, especially in like somewhere like the Western countries where crypto is, is uh, the people that have been involved in crypto uh, have been involved in a while. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they would be willing to part with their crypto to pay taxes, because that's another form of selling, right? Because mm-hmm. you're, you're getting rid of your offloading crypto that you we all know is smarter to hold for long term. So I'm not really sure what the answer is there, but I, I definitely agree <coughs> with you. I think that uh, the financial, not financial sovereignty, but uh, financial, basically this financial sort of power struggle of reserve currency and who controls it. I, I mean, I think it's sad to say as a U.S. for as being a member, you know, or a citizen of the U.S., but I, the the U.S. dollar, I, I can't see being world reserve currency for another fifty years. I, I don't I think either. It's, Not at I this think rate. it's much like much much less likely than it is to just stay as it is. You know, so I think that it's it's a better, it's more equitable globally if we move to something like Bitcoin as a as you know, and when we have these things that coming from Jack Mahler's and Strike, uh, you know, with the speed in which that they're allowing uh, to transfer uh, Bitcoin and uh, just just remittances in general, although that's not directly 100% tied to Bitcoin because you can transact dollars, which then are uh, transacted across the Bitcoin rail and then can be converted back to fiat. Uh, but that's one of those, that's another one of those huge building blocks that's getting people more comfortable with utilizing uh, Bitcoin, not only as a store of value, but as also as a technology. I, I mean, I, I don't see this as a possibility as not becoming the world reserve currency within the next 50 years. That's at, a bold statement. That's a bold statement. And if it did, you'd see probably a $50 million Bitcoin if it actually did become world reserve currency, because you have trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars in U.S. dollars being the world reserve currency. Let me just show you real quick what you were talking about, Kelly. In 2021, the government collected $4.05 trillion in revenue and still managed to spend $6.82 trillion in revenue with nearly a $3 trillion deficit in 2021. Half of that would be $2 trillion a year in tax collection going through Bitcoin, which is what you were talking about. So yeah, that would be huge if 50% of taxes in the United States were collected in Bitcoin. That would be definitely one way for the government to start, the U.S. federal government to start adding Bitcoin into its reserves. Now, backing up what Will Clemente was talking about, Timur Fidelity over here over on Twitter said this, will Bitcoin become a fixture? Here we see a number of global mobile phone users and global internet users regressed against the number of Bitcoin addresses. Both analogs support the idea that Bitcoin and Ethereum network has a lot more growing to do. Let's take a look at this. You can see following this model, now I'm not going to go into a bunch of detail explaining what this is and what they're talking about here. We're talking about uh, growth model of internet users as a percentage of population and growth model mobile phone users per 100 people. Watching this grow, we would see Bitcoin, if it followed those tracks, growing by 2035 to well over $1 million per coin. And I think that that's a pretty conservative number, to be quite honest with you. There are a few other things that we can back that up with. Crypto rising, 80% 80 of major investors see bright future for cryptocurrency. Survey shows. I'll scroll down here a little bit, and you can pause and read this article. The research gathered data from 28,563 respondents in 23 countries across Asia, Pacific, Africa, Latin America, North America, Europe, and the Middle East. And they, for the most part, believe that there is a huge opportunity in cryptocurrency in the next 10 years, which makes a lot of sense. So here's the fact, guys. Bitcoin is doing exceptionally well. And if you're worried about today's price action, fair enough. Of course, we don't want to see Bitcoin drop down to $30,000. We'd like to see it go on a parabolic run because we've had time to accumulate at $30,000. If it does go down there, see it as an opportunity, not as a threat. Look at it as the ability for us to accumulate more Bitcoin. But no matter what happens, where we are right now looks like we're at the top. But here in five years, here's what this period of the market is going to look like. It's going to probably look something like this. It's going to probably look like we're just sitting down here and then Bitcoin has gone up in this direction. That's what we're likely going to see in the next five, six, seven, eight years. All of this data that we've seen print over the last two years is going to be a stepping stone to where we're going. This looks like a big deal, but let's put it in perspective. If we look at the last bull market in 2017 compared to the current bull market, you see this? 
This is what it looks like. At the time, I remember it, it looked like this. And wow, Bitcoin was doing exceptional things. But then you zoom out and you get perspective and it's a blip on the radar compared to where Bitcoin is now. We're going to see the same thing happen in the next four years. You're going to more than likely see Bitcoin trading up to $100,000, $300,000 by the middle part of this decade. And by the end of this decade, you very well may see a million dollar Bitcoin. And I, for one, am very much excited for that to take place. Yeah, if you jump over to my screen, just to just I mean, we're, we're all over here talking about one million Bitcoin. Uh, I was reading this art, this article, uh, this medium post yesterday from Arthur Hayes, who's the co-founder of 100X. He he cited this um, this interesting quote from a, a Chinese um, a People's Bank of China advisor. He said, we were we were shocked. Uh, we never expected that the U.S. would freeze a country's foreign currency reserves one day. And this action has fundamentally undermined national credibility in the internet national monetary system you can come back talking to me, about afghanistan uh, talking about russia and russia so so what happened recently uh in in january um or actually i don't know when if it was in january but um when when the united states essentially put a freeze on uh russia's assets uh it, this was more than a sanction this had never been done before uh china was observing and one of their advisors went actually felt uh you know comfortable enough to go public with you know stating that he was shocked and w- what that essentially does is like the united states I, I believe had never taken that level of action before to freeze those funds in the way that they did and you know the world often holds the united states uh, it will not often the United States dollar is the number one held uh, reserve currency around the world in, in treasuries. And for the United States to do that, it really shouldn't shocks around uh, the world. And, and the Chinese saw that and they're the number one holder, I believe, of, of uh, treasuries in that way in their own in their of a US uh, USD in their treasuries. And so it just goes to show that the United States dollars days are numbered. Um, and Arthur Hayes does make a claim. It, it, the whole article actually is, is kind of showing how uh, what he calls the doom loop will lead to a $1 million Bitcoin, essentially the world starting to lose faith in the dollar and a bunch of other macroeconomic events happening to to essentially crumble fiat currency as we know it. And, you know, the other the only other option would be that we that the world goes back to some kind of a gold standard. He also makes an argument for that. But, you know, the speed at which you can transfer gold is unlikely. And if we're moving into a world of geopolitical unre- uh, unrest and, and uh, distrust, you know, we're not the way that gold can move fast is that you you make uh, basically derivatives of gold and ETFs of gold. And we're not going to you know, people don't uh, uh, governments don't trust each other enough to do that. So, but if you can send a hard currency like Bitcoin across the world in a second, you know that's the way to do it. And so he's predicting that uh, world treasuries essentially will start to hold a lot of Bitcoin. If that happened, Bitcoin would go parabolic, and you'd see a million dollar Bitcoin in no time. If you started seeing world treasury, uh, world treasury reserves going in that direction, oh, and treasuries going in that direction, oh man, I'll you drop would see the a link very to expensive, that right now. very 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 expensive Bitcoin. Well, guys, we brought you a lot of data today. You got a lot to chew on, a lot to digest. So if you enjoyed today's stream, make sure to hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. And again, for everybody who is in Club DeFi, because there's a bunch of you guys that are in Club DeFi that are not in the Discord, make sure you go to your account page, scroll to the bottom. There'll be a little dark button. I think it's like a, it's the Discord blue or whatever color it is. I'm colorblind, so I can't tell you what color it is. But it's the, it's the dark mode Discord th- color down there. And it'll say connect to Discord. It's an, automated, it's an automated Discord connector, and it will get you in there very, very easily. So make sure you join the Discord so that we can make sure that we are interacting with you guys on a regular basis. We've got uh, 19 people online in the Discord right now. A lot of chat going on over there. Alchemist's in there. Mike Markle's in there. Gia S. is in there. Margo. Uh, Alex Green's in there. A bunch of people in the Discord. I'm about to go talk to you guys right after we get off the stream. So I cannot wait for Club DeFi to fully launch. I was talking to Shannon earlier. I said, how many people do you think are going to be in, the, in Club DeFi? after launch he was like jeb i don't know but thousands it's going to be crazy if we opened it tomorrow and we poured a bunch of money into advertising it's going to go insane we could see a couple uh, we could see you know 30, 40,000 people in Club DeFi in the next few years, and I don't think that's a stretch, to be honest with you, because we're about to revolutionize education in the cryptocurrency space. One Club DeFi member at a time, and I cannot wait to see all of you guys continue to grow. We've been doing education here on YouTube for four and a half years. We've got the experience, we know how to do it, and we cannot wait to help you in your journey to becoming financially sovereign in the cryptocurrency space. Give me a hashtag FinSov in chat. Any final thoughts from anyone here on the stream other than me? 
Oh, I just, yeah, I just want to echo, you know, our appreciation and love for everybody that tunes in every day. You know, we, we, for anybody that's not aware, we, we read through the chat the entire time is going, yep. we try to answer as many questions as possible and stuff that we're not able to answer on stream. We try to take note of so we can make sure that we answer and we're engaged with all of you as much as possible, because we do this for you all. Uh, you know, all the, all the money that's made on this channel is honestly for the most part, poured directly back into developing more stuff that we can give to you all. And, and I do want to make one clarifying point. The Discord is uh, something that's available to everybody that's involved in Club DeFi. So, of course, that's a little bit limited right now since we're in beta. But as uh, as we open that up and more of you all get in, uh, definitely make sure once you get into Club DeFi, join in on uh, on the Discord. Yep. And also tune in tonight. I'll be doing the uh, Crypto Answered with uh, uh, on Twitter Spaces uh, with uh, Plan C and Jesse Olson and and I think Tom Crown might be coming on as well as Kevin Svensson tonight. Oh, wow. uh, and a couple of uh, Wendy O's also hopping on tonight. Ooh. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, check check us out there. Uh, Jeb tends to pop in sometimes as well. But uh, we just love uh, sharing as much information with you all as possible. So thanks for tuning in with us here at Crypto Jab, Coffee and Crypto. Good deal, guys. Well, thank you so very much for tuning in. Make sure to check out Marcus Cypher. The link for that is down below. And uh, I guess that's going to do it for today's stream. Make sure to hit that like button. Follow us on all of our social media at Crypto Jeb over on Instagram and Twitter at Crypto Jeb on Facebook, too. You didn't know we were on Facebook, but we are. We post a lot of updates over there, including how this stream becomes a podcast. You might not have known, but we're on Spotify, too. We're all over the place. And we're also on TikTok. Make sure to follow us on TikTok at Official. We post over there twice a day. Wouldn't want you to miss all the content we're putting on all of these platforms. Before we go, though, guys, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching, as always. And I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. Jeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacD Media.